Entry Level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in demand jobs. Hey everyone, today we have Raj, who is a tele sales consultant at Optus. Do you want to say hi? Hello. Awesome. So, um, in this sort of episode, we're going to be talking about the role of sales consultant as the broader category. And uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about doing it over the phone. But, uh, you know, in a broader sense, we're going to be talking about sales and, you know, what kind of jobs there are in sales and also like what Raj's day in life looks like. So, I'd love for you to just start off with like, you know, how did you get into this role? Like, you know, what, what drew you towards it? And you can be as, as candid and as honest as you want. Like if it's the, the commissions and then the, the money that you can make, you know, I'd love to hear that. Sure. T- to be totally honest, it's not something I necessarily sought out. Um, I was in between jobs at the time. Um, my last company closed down. So I did get a, a decent redundancy that, um, set me by for a while and um, essentially the opportunity was there. I knew someone in the HR department internally that recommended me for this. Um, I, I normally went for service roles, which they weren't hiring at the moment. And I guess it was just a blessing in disguise. I decided to go for it and um, got very lucky that they gave me a opportunity with no sales experience and um, yeah, just went from there. Yeah, awesome. And uh, what does like um, a typical day look like for you when you rock up to the office? Like, first of all, what time do you rock up to the office normally? So it's, it's a rotating weekly roster. Um, so it doesn't change every day, but every week it does change. Um, normally it will be around a 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. start. Um, and once every two months we'll do a, we'll do a late start, 12.30 start. Um, but fairly reasonable hours otherwise. Yeah, would you, would you say it's like a typical sort of 40 hours sort of per week thing? Or it's like, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of people with jobs who, you know, quite honestly work a lot of overtime a lot of the time. Do you find yourself doing that or is it uh, fairly uh, standard in terms of hours? Yeah, so uh, um, it, it's fairly standard. I mean, the, the only thing with overtime, I guess, uh, as it is a commission target-based role, overtime is not something that's necessarily uh, pushed. It's something more individually people want to do it so that they can get the, the right financial outcome for the month. Okay, cool. I'm glad you say that because now we can sort of dive into what you actually do. So um, from the perspective of someone who has no idea what tele sales consultants are, or even like maybe perhaps even what Optus does, um, can you give us a, a brief overview is like, you know, you come into the, come into the office, like what do you actually work on? Like what are the units of work that you do? Um, yeah. So I mean, a general day, um, we'll, we'll normally just come in and just start taking calls straight away. Um, we do have a, like a team, a team catch up, um, normally towards the start of the day, we can't always get it right at the start due to scheduling. Um, but essentially, we come in, we take calls from customers that would want to either upgrade their existing services, would want to purchase a new service, or are inquiring about possibly getting a service. Um, and then so these are the- these are people who are coming to you rather than you outreaching, right? So in inbound, so they're coming, like they're almost warm leads who already want something, and they're coming to you and asking for for help. Sure, it, it's pretty much like an eighty twenty split. Um, so we do do some outgoing calls. They're not cold calls. So we always call existing customers, um, normally on uh, the mobile side. So for example, 
when they're out of their mobile contract. So, you know, they may potentially want to upgrade or change onto a, a cheaper SIM only plan. We'd normally call those kind of customers. Um, at the moment with 5G, which has just come out, for those that know about that, we're currently calling people that have 5G available. Um, and essentially the way it works with our outgoing calls is that um, there's a dedicated team that analyzes the, the stats and the, the calls coming in. And when there aren't enough calls to sustain the people that need to take calls, they'll basically switch on the outgoing calls. And we'll do that until there's more calls to come in. And and when it's outgoing, is that like just cold calling people who are like, you know, what kind of people are they? Yeah, so it's cold calling in, in a sense, but it's not totally cold. So, um, again, they're, they're already existing Optus customers. Right. right um, yeah. So it's not totally crazy. Like we're, we're not calling people out of the blue and we're normally just trying to upgrade or get them onto an extra service with Optus. Yeah. And, and what does the actual work look like? Is there like um, a strict book that you follow? Is it just like, you know, you do your thing? Is it, you know, how does that process look like from a, from a sales consultant perspective? Do you mean like in terms of training or just in terms of? Just like in terms of working. Like are you, are you sitting, you're not sitting there reading a book and like a script, right? You know, that, um, or is there like a flexibility, um, in how you do things, do you do also the other question I have is like, you know, do you have to become an expert at NBN 5G? Like, you know, what does all that look like? Sure. So for the, for the first question, um, no, we don't have scripts. We very rarely have them when we call outgoing, but normally um, just obviously due to the nature of sales, the fact that everyone that you talk to is going to be totally different. Um, we're more encouraged to actually, I guess, have the skill set, not, not necessarily the, the word set, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we want to be able to adapt to different people, um, different needs, requirements. So it's definitely a, a role that requires a lot of critical thinking. The, the most successful people are those that can quickly adapt um, and quickly identify what a certain person needs to make it a good interaction, I guess. Um, in regards to your second question about being an expert, um, I guess that's something uniquely that I take very seriously. A majority of the people in the role do not need to, they rely on people such as myself. So I'm, I'm someone that's known as a subject matter expert. So I, I basically take it upon myself. It's not really an official role. Like it's not a pay increase or a title on my contract, but something internally recognized that essentially I know my stuff. Um, and so I, I personally pride myself on knowing everything about everything. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then, you know, what other stuff do you guys do besides calls or is it literally a hundred percent calls all day? Or is it, you know, 80, 20, where 20% you're doing other stuff. And if so, what is that other stuff? No, it's a hundred percent calls. Uh, if we, the only other thing we do besides calls is following up on our own customers via email or something like that, but that's still related just to the, the customers that we've come through. Um, again, in terms of the normal role, that's pretty much where the line stops. Uh, I'm in a unique position in terms of responsibilities and roles, but for the average consultant, they are just taking calls all day. Yeah. And uh, do you find that ever gets tiring? Definitely. Most definitely. Um, especially, um, you know, when it's really busy, um, you know, you're talking all day, your mouth can get dry, 
you definitely need a, a couple board next year. So, and especially like, you know, um, being a target based role, it's very easy to be demotivated if you have like a couple of, you know, missed sales in a row, a couple of, let's say, you know, some people are very uh, negative towards a telecommunications company. So they may call in with a very negative um, attitude and you have to deal with that essentially and still be ready for your next call and still be kind of hundred percent ready to go. So you can't let that stuff affect you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I wanted to dive a little bit more into the hierarchy um, and like, I guess how it works. So uh, first of all, like, you know, does it require any um, credentials or background to get become a sales consultant? And then from there, like, what does your sort of trajectory look like? Um, you know, team lead, you know, et cetera. Like, you know, what does that structure look like? Sure. Um, I think for this kind of a role, I guess I'm an example. I did not having any service experience, but I did have, um, you know, customer service over the phone experience. So I was kind of in that field. Um, I think the number one thing they'll look for is more of your attitude and um, uh, aptitude, I guess. Attitude and aptitude is probably more important than actual qualification. So this is something I'd consider like an entry-level job. Um, it's not necessarily that you'd need a lot of experience, but I think successful candidates would have some experience in talking to people and being confident with that. Yeah. And then, you know, you become a sales consultant. Can you talk more about like, um, what the career pathway from there looks like? Yeah. So again, I can talk from experience because I am, um, pretty deep in that trajectory right now. So I've Mm -hmm. been um, on the, on the cusp of that next step so essentially what a what an ideal kind of progression would look like if you wanted to just follow the straight vertical line from telesales up um you'd be someone that basically kills your target consistently um from there you can approach leadership to take on more responsibilities become one of those kind of subject matter experts that um is almost like i guess unofficial assistant manager so I do kind of take lead, um, you know, when my team leaders are in meetings, things like that, um, and I have the trust of people around me. Um, But again, that's only possible once you've shown you can handle that and still hit the number consistently. Once you do that, um, it's essentially, to be honest, a bit of a waiting game. You're you're waiting for opportunities. So I've been lucky to have a few um, secondments or temporary roles where, you know, for example, a uh, leader would go and leave for a month, something like that, and I'll be given the nod to step in um, as that role full time for for that month and really have hands on experience. And again, for, if you for show, context, this is a team lead, right? So a team lead right. manages a few sales consultants. Um, right. So it's, and and yeah, what does that time. breakdown look like? So are they uh, is a team lead, you know, looking after a certain product line. Like what what does that mean? No, not at all. So it's just an, a number of people. So, I mean, we do have two different departments within sales. Um, so there's your general sales and there's um, the mobile saves team or the customer attention team. Um, so th- there'll be separate team leaders for that. But whatever department you're in, you'd have one team leader and that team leader would have 10 people under them normally. And they're, they're essentially in charge of um, upskilling them um, obviously ensuring that their team's hitting the number and I guess just being there for support and any escalations, things like that, crediting, you know, accounts or all of that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, awesome. And um, now I'd love to hear more about your opinion of the role. So, you know, be as candid as you can be. Um, sure. what, are, what are your favorite parts of the role? Um, definitely the earning potential. So, I mean, you, you're very, you're going to be hard pressed to find, you know, without going too much into numbers, you're going to be hard pressed to find this kind of an entry level job with like realistic six figure early earning potential. Um, there are quite a few people I work with that do earn six figures. Again, that, that means, you know, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of overtime being incredibly good at what they do, but it is possible. I think a majority of entry-level roles that you look at, you wouldn't be able to hit that. Um, and it, it is a fun environment. It's not quite Wolf of Wall Street level of chaos, but um, <laughs> we, we, do have, we do have fun when we can. Um, we'll, we'll try and have music playing. We've got a little mini basketball hoop set up. Um, we normally have drinks on Friday every, every now and then. So, um, the, you know, I mean, we're just people taking calls. So the more fun you can make it, the more kind of pumped up everyone will be to work. Yeah, awesome. And then um, just to, I guess, to sum up and like uh, add to the whole point of the earning potential thing, something we discussed off uh, off recording was the fact that like, you know, you look at other jobs like engineering or you look at other jobs like operations where um, you work two times harder or three times harder, like you don't really get uh, compensated for that. Whereas like, you know, this role is pretty much the better you are at the role, the more you earn, right? Because the more sales you get, the more commission you get. So I think it's a, a really interesting role from that perspective. So um, you know, that's really cool. What about the bad parts of the job? What sucks? So I haven't had this experience personally, but I've seen it from the outside. And I mean, when I was a team leader for three months, I saw it from the inside, I guess. Um, if you're an individual, a consultant that, is consistently not hitting your number. There is a level of pressure that gets applied. Um, you know, it's not anything like you know threatening of job or anything like that. But that there is definitely a expectation and um, you know, I guess almost like a micromanaging that comes um, if you someone that doesn't hit the number. So I think if it is kind of not the role for you. You're, you're going to notice within a few months that you're not going to have a good time at all. Yeah, it makes sense. So good parts of the job is when you're great at the job and bad parts of the job are when you're bad at the job, right? Definitely. I think that's the nature <laughs> of sales, to be honest. So, I mean, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That, that totally makes sense. Um, and it, I feel like some people are a bit um, dissuaded from the fact that like, oh, my job, my pay is actually tied to how well I am at the, how good I am at the job. That's so weird to me. But obviously, that's how it should work, right? Um, yeah. And, like, again, like, uh, just comparing it to something like engineering, like, obviously, I think the trajectory of something like that would have you peaking, you know, more than someone in sales. Like, there's more growth potential. I think the trajectory up from this kind of a role is very hard and doesn't grow anywhere near as fast. So, for me, this is kind of ideal for someone looking for something to kind of do um, maybe while they're doing part-time uni, something like that, um, you know, wanting to earn quite a bit of money, but definitely I, I wouldn't recommend it, um, you know, as like a 20-year career path kind of a job, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess in sales, like the skills are very transferable, right? You know, selling, um, you know, that, that scene in the office with like Robert California is like, you know, 
selling paper, selling like um, deep sea petroleum machines is the same thing. It's just a hundred million dollars yeah. versus like ten dollars. But like you know, you just sell bigger and bigger things and you make more money. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah, the office is probably closer to what it's like for us, but we don't have as much time to, to waste as they do, I'd say. Yeah, fair enough. Um, my final question is like, you know, who, what kind of traits do you see, um, you know, successful people having in this role? Uh, obviously, I think communication skills and personality, I'm sure, like some things, but are there anything um, else that you think are good traits? <sighs> See, that's an interesting one because in terms of like the top performers, there's people I know that are incredibly charismatic and, you know, hyper outgoing. And there's also people that are complete introverts that also kill it. So I think the key is actually just confidence in regards to knowing what you're selling, knowing your customer and being able to have that interaction um, genuinely, um, but also efficiently, I guess, for the, for the sake of taking calls. So I guess the, the best people at this are people that are probably driven. I think you don't necessarily have to be super outgoing, but I find in general, people that are more outgoing do better. I'd say, I, th I think the people that are introverts are the exception. Yeah, awesome. And uh, any final tips or like thoughts for anyone who's interested in becoming a sales consultant? Yeah, um, it, it is a commitment. <laughs> it means, uh, you know, sometimes you're not working Saturdays, sometimes you're doing long hours. Essentially, if you're going for something like sales, you're, you're interested in a short-term monetary gain as opposed to, you know, uh, something like, again, like engineering where you're maybe starting quite low in the pay, but you'd have a lot of growth. So it's definitely something I'd recommend. I mean, there are a lot of older people, but if you're younger, you know, able to do uni on the side, it's kind of really ideal for that because it can earn some good money, but still kind of progress your uh, career and learn some new skills on the job. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. No worries. Thank you.